Hey all, welcome back to the Survival Show podcast and today's segment, Manly Musings with Craig. I'm producer Ben, and before we get started with today's show, I just want to invite you to go over to YouTube or any news outlet and familiarize yourself with the Covington Baptist Native American storyline. That's what we're going to be discussing today in today's Manly Musing with Craig. Also, don't forget you can check us out by typing in survivalshow.com and submit questions and comments over there. All right, so let's listen and learn from Master Craig. Boom chakalaka. What's up, everybody? This is Craig Cottle. I'm the director of Nature Blind School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Coming to you today for another Manly Musings after a big week for the Survival Show podcast. David is currently in Las Vegas, and he's doing quite a number of interviews out there that you'll be hearing in the coming weeks from SHOT Show. We've also got the Kickstarter program off the ground for the Tiny Survival Guide, and that thing is kicking butt and taking names. So if you're not in on that, you need to check it out. The Tiny Survival Guide's got a cram-packed amount of information in it and a little guide that fits in your wallet, your pocket, your Altoid tin, can, whatever it might be. So check that out on Kickstarter. Just look for the Tiny Survival Guide. David and I wrote that together. Today, what I wanted to cover is something that is very timely and very much in the news. National news, it's all over social media, and it also is of great importance for us as we study survival training and make sure that we are more safe and secure in wilderness, in an urban setting, or no matter where it is. That's the story of the young men from Covington Catholic High School, which happens to be here in Kentucky, where I'm from, and the interaction that those young men had at the Lincoln Memorial with particularly a Native American that was beating on a drum. It's not my purpose here today to go over that story any more than it's already gone over, because you can just watch the news or get on social media and find as much as you want to read and watch about it, and probably actually a lot more. What I do want to discuss is why exactly it's a news story of great importance for us when it becomes something to consider for survival training. The reason is that it is such a divisive issue is if we can dwindle it down to a lot of things, but if I were to dwindle it down to one thing only, I would call it cognitive bias. And I want to explain what that is and how that relates to uh, how we think, how we process information, how we go uh, go through um, processing what we need to do as far as skill-wise, and then directly apply that to survival. And when I say survival, I mean daily life survival, wilderness survival, and again, even urban preparedness, disaster readiness. If we look at the definition of, the, of cognitive bias, here's just one that I found. Cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from norm or rationality and judgment. Individuals create their own, quote, subjective social reality, end quote, from their perception of the input. An individual's construction of social reality, not the objective input, may dictate their behavior in the social world. So again, I don't want to take sides, although I'm very much on one side in this story. I want to do as best I can to stay unbiased. But what I want to point out, uh, if I take that definition and just put it in every ordinary, everyday ordinary language that Craig Cottle uses, I would say people see what they want to see. That's one really cool, big, sexy definition. But again, for 
for me and the way I communicate, which is more simply than, than most, I guess, I would say that. It is people want to see what they want to see. And that's why you can take the situation that has been in the news with these young men and the Native American, and you can see that people are polarized on either side of it, and they're polarized because they see what they want to see. So let's break this down. Why do we see what we want to see? There's a lot of good reasoning for it. Let's, let's Again, I'm going to do my best to stay unbiased in this situation. The first off is that we have a tremendous amount of information overload, and it sucks. Basically, your eyes are taking in thousands and thousands and thousands of, if you want to think of it, uh, megabytes of information into your eyes that has to go through your brain and get processed. So we have to, as a, as a species, we have to definitely, without a doubt, take all that information and filter it. And we, and we do so rather aggressively. The things that we hear are the same way. Uh, as I've said in a recent podcast, you might be in a crowded room with other people and uh, you don't hear the conversations that are going on around you because you're engaged in the conversation that's, that you're engaged in. And then all of a sudden, two groups of people over you hear your name. And you hear it and you hadn't heard anything in that conversation up until that point. And at that point, you start to listen in on what they're saying because now you have heard your name and you begin to listen. That is that filter going into effect. You actually, your ears could actually pick up their conversation before, but it's only when your brain tells, tells yourself to filter out everything else and pick up that conversation that you start hearing the things that you particularly want to hear in that situation. So yeah, information overload sucks, and so we filter it. Uh, a second reason is sometimes when we see a situation and we don't really understand what's going on, it can be rather confusing. So as we watch the video of this situation, you can even hear some of the, the other young men going, what's going on? I don't understand. And, and again, I'm not taking sides, I'm just saying that is them trying to basically fill in the gaps of what they're seeing because they don't understand what's going on. They've never seen that before. And if, if for example, they had thought it was aggressive behavior, maybe they would answer in an aggressive manner, which they didn't do. And maybe if it was just a peaceful demonstration, they had maybe never seen a peaceful demonstration like that before. And so they didn't know what to do. And I'm not saying they handled themselves well. They started handling themselves in the way that they could fill in those gaps. So the third thing I want to cover is when we're in situations, particularly ones where our safety is concerned, we have to act very fast. And oftentimes when we act fast, we jump to conclusions and the story that we've created that we think is happening because we filled in the gaps affects our decision-making and it affects what we see. So as we're observing these things that are going on around us and seeing these situations, we have to make decisions, and this is our fourth point, we have to make decisions that inform basically the mental, if you will, the models that we create of our world. So these bits of information that I'm sharing with you now come from a, a blog post that I, as I was studying, because I, I understand cognitive bias, but it, it became, it, it's reared its ugly head so much in this story, so I started studying a little bit more so I can uh, share this with you today. I'm going to uh, share in the description below 
the link to the blog that I got a considerable amount of this information from because it lays this information out rather well. Uh, I'm not saying that you'll need any information outside of what I suggest we discuss here today, but it is something that uh, you may want to see my reference points. Now, how does all this relate to survival training? How does this relate to our security? If you find yourself in a survival situation, whether you're in an urban setting like these young men were and like this Native American were, where somebody might be aggressing you. So were the young men aggressing the Native American or was the Native American in his entourage aggressing the young men? Again, let's not concern ourselves with that. Let's just assume that one of them was hostile or aggressive. If we can do that, because there's so much information that's going on in that situation, there's a drum playing, the boys are chanting, the boys are, the, the, the boys are making movements. There evidently was another group that was over yelling obscenities to the young men. Um, these young men were in Washington, D.C. They were kind of new to it. They had just left the march of life where there was literally thousands and thousands, if not uh, hundreds of people surrounding each and every single individual person. So there's a lot of information there. They had information overload, and it sucks, as I said. If you're in a wilderness situation and you have the wind blowing and there's a storm and everything in your gear is wet, uh, all your gear is wet, and you're trying to make a fire that's not working and you've got somebody that's injured in your family and you're trying to take care of them, then that's information overload. We've got to find a way to, as we discussed in point two, we've got to find a way to basically filter out what's important. That's why I teach in survival training the law of threes and STOPA. You've got to have a, you, you, you must have a system of thinking. You've got to have a system of uh, processing information so that you can get done what needs to get done. It seems very simple, and a lot of people blow off STOPA and the law of threes. And if you don't know what that is, look back in our previous podcast because we went into great deal on these subjects. But stoping the law of threes is there because we have a tendency to take in overload, information overload and we don't have a system of breaking it down and thinking about what's of highest priority. Okay, So the second portion of this where we fill in the gaps is that this happens a lot when people get lost. So let's say when somebody goes into a wilderness setting or somebody is driving down a road utilizing their TomTom or Google Maps on their app on their phone. They get lost and they don't want to believe that they're lost. They want to force the situation to meet their what they want to be their reality. They will fill in the gaps. You will fill in the gaps. Yeah, this is the trail that I was on. I'll just keep going a little bit further and I'll find my way out. Or I'll just need to make one more turn and I'll be right back to where I was. Those are ways that we get more lost because we start to fill in those gaps. And this is very important to understand. You don't want to fill in those gaps. If you recognize that you are filling in those gaps, it is definitely time to stop. Stop whatever you're doing and then fix yourself. Fix the situation. Stop, think, observe, plan, and act. That's STOPA. Now, because of our safety, oftentimes, again, in point three, what we discussed is we jump to conclusions and we go about making a story rather quickly. Okay, This happens more often than not in situations where we are immediately threatened, meaning 
we see somebody that's, uh, we're in a, let's say for example, in an urban setting, we're in an urban setting and we don't feel comfortable where we are. We've got the hair standing up on our back of our neck a little bit and we're just, it's dark and we're trying to get to our vehicle and something's not going right. And so we're just slightly stressed and we're taking in all this information and all of a sudden out of nowhere, somebody turns the corner and they're right in front of our face. What we will do in that situation is make decisions very quickly and because we feel that our, our life is threatened. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but that is why, particularly when I'm teaching self-defense, and again, if you're, if you're following us on Patreon, this is why I talk about these things in the, in the two self-defense videos. One of the things I talk about is distancing, is making sure you have distance between you and somebody else. That is important. When somebody's within, your, your, uh, within arm's reach of you, they can reach you rather quickly, and more often than not, for most people, they can strike you, cut you, and, or grab you and try to take you down before you really have any ability to react to it quick enough to do anything with it. And so anytime we feel threatened like that, we should always, always know where the danger is. With other humans, danger lies in their hands. Danger lies within their distance to us. So we, keep, we know where people's hands are because that's where tools are. That's where they swing at us. That's where they put guns and knives. They put those in their hands. And we also want to create a distance so that it's difficult for them to reach us. That is what, in martial arts and self-defense training, what we refer to as combative distancing. You know, you want to, if you want to defeat somebody because they're aggressing you, then you close the distance and you take them down or you run away. One of the, one of the two. More often than not, I prefer people to just get away from a situation, but you know, I train a lot of law enforcement officers, not as much as I used to, but I used to quite a bit. Those guys can't run away. They've got to run too. And so in that situation, they have to figure out a way to close that gap, close that combative distance. And at the same time, while they're communicating with people, they need to know how to keep that distance or at least be in a safe position at a different angle where they're not as likely to get injured. Now, with all that said, Here's some things that we definitely need to, to go into as far as cognitive bias is concerned. I'll try to summarize this rather quickly because we're, we're up on our 15 minutes. And I do everything I can for our manly musings to keep these at 15 minutes so that they're easily digestible. And this is a, as I'm looking at it, I, I've got notes here and I, I've only covered about a third <laughs> of what I wanted to cover. So maybe I'll write this up and put it in a blog piece or I'll make a, another video on this. This probably needs to be its own, po its own podcast. So here's some things. We don't see everything. Our search for understanding can definitely create uh, an illusion of what's actually happening. And more often than not, quick decisions are very much very flawed. And our memory reinforces errors. So if we go back as a summary, if we go back to this story that's been in the news so much, you can see why there's people that are definitely on both sides of that issue whether the, the boys are in the wrong or the Native American was in the wrong. And you can see why both of them feel very strongly that they're right. Because they've filled in the gaps. They've created an illusion in their head, which we all do. It's very natural for us to do this. And they've done all that based upon their past memories. And so if they have had some sort of strong inclination that a lot of people are wronged, then more often, particularly minorities, 
then they will more than likely think that the Native American was well within his right and everything he was doing was appropriate. And so they fill in the story of what happened there from their previous experiences. Same thing is true for the young men. So you look at that situation and you understand that these are high school boys and this was an adult male and he walked up and got in that young man's face. So you, you see that as a threat because maybe when you were that age, you felt threatened too by an adult. And so you feel in that story in a way that creates an illusion of what actually occurred. Now that we're a week into this situation, we find out more and more about what actually happened and any number of things. And again, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to stay unbiased, but that is cognitive bias. And I hope it makes sense how we can apply this to survival training. Basically, we need to literally stopa and law of threes. Uh, you know, I, I just accent it all the time because it's that vital. Stopa, stop, think, observe, plan, and actively stay alive in your mind. Law of threes are three minutes, three hours, three uh, days, and three weeks. That's can't live more than three minutes without blood flow and oxygen flow. That's your personal safety. Don't get lost on a trail. Don't do something where you get cut or hurt and you can't breathe. You can't live more than three hours without core body temp. You got to do stuff to maintain the, the heat that is in your body. That's your clothes. That's your shelter. That's building a fire. You can't live more than three days without water. You got to make sure you start off a situation hydrated. You got to have tools to help you get hydrated. You can't live more than three weeks without food. That's how you maintain and try to be, as I call, survival is a lazy man's game. So the more calories that you maintain in your body, the less you have to find in your environment. So do things slowly, methodically, when you can. Okay? So again... That is cognitive bias. I hope it makes sense. Try my best to relate these things to modern day understanding so that we can apply them in survival. All of this, the tiny guide that we've created, the tiny card, the, the tool card that David has created, all the, I, I just did a huge video and podcast for Gear Cave on all the different things that I carry. And those are all there to help you get prepared now. All of this expects you to be more proactive with your survival than it does to be reactive with your survival. And that is incredibly important. So this has been Craig Cottle, the director of Nature Blind School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Thanks again for all your support. Do us a solid here. Help us out. Go and subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if that is on uh, Google Play. Check it out there, as well as check us out on Patreon. If you want to help fund what it is that we're doing, we've got a lot of other resources over there that are only going to Patreon, then you can make a few uh, suggestions over there, and we'll put up content that you want so check us out on patreon so this has been craig cottle again director of nature line school co-host of the survival show podcast we'll see you later